the living geek. Hey, what's up, everyone? This is Kenneth from Retrospective here with the middle of the month update as we're trying to get a bit more content out there for you since it takes a while to play video games, but also only posting once a month. I'm sure you miss us. So I'm here to talk about all of the Switch launch titles hitting March 3rd. I'm going to be standing in front of a Best Buy, hopefully with a couple friends if I can sucker them into it. And yeah, I'll be getting mine at midnight, take the next day off, and well, honestly, just play Breath of the Wild all day. But in addition to Zelda, there are 10 other games launching with the Switch, and I'm just here to give you a quick rundown on what I think of each of them, some good stuff in there, some kind of eh stuff, and we'll just knock it out in alphabetical order, which, starting with numbers, leaves us with 1-2-Switch, which, kind of a cool idea. Seems interesting, seems like something I'll pick up pretty early on, if not on launch day, then probably within the first couple weeks very uh Wii Sports style vibe to it where I think it's going to be the by far the most inclusive game that you could just sucker your parents into playing family events I don't know it it should be interesting to see how it goes the high noon duel is definitely the thing I'm most interested in um I've been doing a lot of that sort of stuff with the rift recently with dead and buried and it'll be fun to try that out in a different venue the uh on the other end of the spectrum I don't know that I'll ever play the cow milking game in any sort of public setting because that is amazingly awkward. Next up, Binding of Isaac Rebirth, uh, one of a couple different indie games that's coming out for the Switch, which I'll get into a bit at the end, my, my thoughts on the whole indie thing, but this game originally came out in 2011, had a Rebirth update in 2014, and now this is the weirdly named Binding of Isaac Afterbirth. Well, Afterbirth Plus, technically. it I haven't actually played this, even though I think I own it on Steam, since I have a slight addiction to buying Humble Bundles. Uh, pretty fun-looking roguelike dungeon crawler shooter game. Watched a bit of gameplay on it, and it, it looks like a lot of fun. So it could definitely be one that, assuming the price is right, I, I could see picking up again for the Switch, just because the on-the-go gaming capability would be nice. Um... I don't know that I'm really going to sit down and play this sort of thing on my TV. That, you know, if I'm hitting that point, I'll probably be playing a, quote, bigger game, which I know might be a disservice to this, but I, I see this as more of a portable game for me. Uh, next up, Just Dance 2017. Yeah, dancing games. Always good times. Uh, we Our house has played a goodly amount of DDR, and then... And somewhat more recently, Dance Central, although that's fallen by the wayside a bit too. And I haven't actually looked at a Just Dance game in a while. I didn't realize that they had a whole smartphone integration that works as the sensor now. That's kind of crazy. Apparently, the you know this game's already out on the Wii U. This is just an updated version for the Switch. So, you know, if you like any of the other versions, hey, this is probably a good buy. I don't know if it's really worth re-picking up, though. And then human resource machine another indie game this one by tomorrow corporation who actually accounts for three out of the 11 launch title games which is kind of crazy kind of fun sounding premise you you're an office manager and you have to get stuff done and to get promoted you have to be able to automate your people to do it in the most efficient fashion possible sounds kind of like a the old programming a turtle game I, you know i played growing up which was the very rudimentary computer programming learning game. So, could be cool. Another, hey, if it's 
not super expensive. I'll probably impulse buy it one night and just play the heck out of it. Uh, interesting thing with this though is it is apparently only touch compatible. No controllers required. No controllers even allowed. So. I guess one that you can't actually play on your TV since you have to be able to hold the switch, which is interesting. I, I'm not sure how I feel about that. It it opens up a lot of design space for developers because they're then not locked into, oh, it has to be both console and mobile appropriate. Now it can just be something that's essentially a tablet only game, which should allow a lot more ports to come over, which is cool. So we'll see how that plays out. Next up, I am Setsuna, which is another cross-platform release. This originally came out for the PS4 and the Vita about a year ago, and is now showing up on basically every primary platform. Very uh, 1990s JRPG throwback feel, which you know makes sense since it's being published by Square Enix. Uh, uses the active battle, active time battle system, which is cool. Story sounds fun. You're a girl stuck on a snow-covered island that angry demons roam around on, and the ancient custom is to sacrifice maidens every now and again, and weirdly, you've been picked to be a sacrifice. So, oddly enough, people don't like that, and you're going to fight back against it, I assume. Seems fun. Should be cool. We'll see how that goes. Uh, probably not one I'm going to initially pick up, just because that that sort of game is scratching an itch that's a bit too close to Breath of the Wild, so I'll probably have to go through that one first and then maybe look at this at a later date. Which, speaking of, Legend of Zelda Breath of the Wild, I don't really know what to say about this. It's Zelda meets Skyrim, which is basically everything I love. Uh, obviously a day one purchase for me, and what I'll probably be spending most of my Switch gaming time on for the foreseeable future. It looks insane. I, I have pretty much stopped watching previews for it just because I want to go in with as little of story knowledge as possible. So, you know, I'll watch a little gameplay thing every now and again, but that's about it. It just, ah, oh man, it looks so good. I am so freaking pumped for this. And then Little Inferno, Bar Corporation's second game on the list, initially hit in 2012. And I hadn't actually heard of this one uh, before going through this list. It apparently takes place fully in front of a fireplace, and we as the players throw objects in and see what happens when they're set on fire. Kind of weird. Could be kind of fun. You know, who doesn't like setting things on fire? Uh, gameplay doesn't sound super deep, so I'm hoping it's priced appropriately. But, you know, as long as it's down in the impulse range by, that this could be something that's really fun for just, uh, oh, I've got 10 or 15 minutes to kill, or I want to show off my new portable console system to people. And then Skylanders Imaginators. Yeah, it's Skylanders. They're continuing the tradition of little plastic dudes. And it's on essentially every system imaginable. So, you know, if you're if you're into Skylanders, all of your previous stuff is going to work with this. It's going to keep pushing the story forward. I I personally need to get back and finish Lego Dimensions still, so I don't see myself getting this anytime soon. But, you know, it's insanely popular. You know, if you like this, you're going to pick this up regardless. <laughs> and then Super Bomberman R, which is probably going to be my other day one pickup. Uh, yeah, I've loved Bomberman basically forever. Just really fun party game. And being able to take it out and, out and about 
kind of opens up a lot of possibilities for me. You know, hey, waiting in line for a movie with your friends? Pop out some Bomberman. Camping and the sun's gone down? Cool, blow up your family. Uh, have to take it on the train? You could make new friends with the person next to you. I'm not going to do that. That's terrifying. But the option is there. Also, it has two-player co-op, which I'm pretty excited to see how that plays out, because my cousin and I do a lot of co-op gaming, and that is my jam. So hopefully they have some specifically set up co-op missions that we can, you know, blow up. And what else about that? Oh yeah, game itself supports up to eight players. I'm hoping that's on a single console, since you figure if the uh, weirdly named Joy-Con controllers, if you could have four of those synced up to your console, and Bomberman only takes half of one each, that's your eight right there. I don't know if you'd want to do that around a single Switch on the go, but definitely for at-home gaming at least, this should uh, really make the party game rotation if they're able to do that, so I'm excited for that. And last but not least, World of Goo, which is Tomorrow Corporation's third and final Switch release. Uh, This one came out almost ten years ago. I played it. It's a very good puzzle game. You have to do some really lateral thinking outside the box for it. Um... So, you know, not one I'm going to pick up because I've played a bunch of it, but assuming the price is right and you haven't played it before, you know, it's a fun game. You'll, you'll have a good time with it. So that, that is their list. 11 games. doesn't really sound like there's any stinkers in there. Although while I like the indie support that the Switch has out of the box, it, it makes me a little nervous that four of the 11 games are indie with three of them coming from a single company. Like, Nintendo's definitely talking up their third-party support this time. I don't fully buy it just based on how little the Wii U supported third parties, but hopefully, you know, fingers crossed, they can keep this momentum going. And really my other big concern is the price point of a lot of these games. Like, Binding of Isaac, probably the most popular indie game that they're releasing on the Switch, but they're selling it for 40 bucks. It's $15 right now on Steam, Xbox Live, and, you know, you want to pick up on the Apple Store. So that's, I don't know, that's kind of rough. It's an older game. It's a lot of fun. If it was $20 or even $25, I'd probably impulse buy it day one. But $40, like, eh, I don't know about that. You know, if you're cross-platforming your stuff, price it a bit more appropriately. So yeah, lineup itself overall looks pretty solid. The, the pricing could use a bit of work. Hopefully we see some good feedback in the first month that gets some price drops going on some of those older games that have just been uh, cross-platform ported. I'm going to be playing Breath of the Wild for the foreseeable future, so we'll, we'll kind of just poke around and see what happens with that. Um, which, speaking of, there's a couple other games coming up pretty quickly. Has been Heroes at the end of March. Looks like a lot of fun. And then uh, Lego City Undercover and, you know, Mario Kart 8 Deluxe hitting toward the end of April. Mario Kart, it's a rehash of the Wii U one, but eh, it's Mario Kart. I'm going to be able to take it out and about with me. That's just going to be one I'm going to get. So yeah, that is a wrap on our little mini episode. Uh, Thank you for listening. Let us know what you thought. Do you want more of these? Hit us up at retrofecta at gmail.com or facebook.com slash retrofecta. We'll be back at the beginning of next month with Link to the Past, one of my favorite games ever. Very excited for it. Until then, keep on gaming.